Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I'm not going to take up a whole lot of time this morning and talking about other things. I've already done what I felt was on my heart. And I want to get to the word that I believe God has given me for you this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask humbly, Father, let these next few moments become life-changing moments. Let your glory come. Let your presence be felt. And let our hearts and lives be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about a message that I have entitled, Heavenly Interruption. Acts chapter 16 and verse 20 It says, the whole city is in uproar because of these Jews. Who were these Jews? These were the apostles and men and women that were touched by the power of God. That were now in what is known as the dispersion. Had gone to different cities and different countries in spreading the word of God with miracles, signs, and wonders, casting out demons, delivering people and setting them free. And whenever there's a move of God like that, the religious folk become upset. I'm not saying the Christians, I'm saying the religious folk get upset. And the proclamation, the result was that the accusation against them was the whole city is in uproar because of what these Jews are doing. Acts 17 and verse 6 says, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What was the driving force? The driving force was that we are talking to people who were highly impacted by the upper room. What happened in the upper room? In the upper room, the Bible says, and when they were all together in one accord, there was a sound like the sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues of cloven fire sat upon each one of them and They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they were taking this message 
And wherever they went, they caused an uproar. And they are turning the world upside down. My question to you this morning is, when last have you caused an uproar in your city for the cause of Christ? Realizing that they did not receive a different Holy Spirit than we did. They received, received the same wind, the same fire, and the same power. Or let me turn that around. We have received the same wind, the same fire, and the same power than they have. If they could have caused an uproar, why are we not causing an uproar in our community? I believe that if you are seeking more of God's fullness, and more of his presence. You have come to the right place this morning. If you are ready to break down the walls of enemy resistance. And raise the banner of God's awesome power. This is the place. I want you to lean over and whisper something in pastor's ear during the worship. But I felt I want to make a public announcement. During worship, I sensed it in my spirit. And I want to make this declaration to Calvary Assembly here in Decatur. That you are on the brink of a breakthrough. Wait, wait, wait. Most of you are thinking I'm saying you're going to just have fun and games. That's not what I said. I said, please listen to me. I mean it with all my heart. I don't say things like this lightly. You are at the brink of a breakthrough. If you believe that, give the Lord a shout of praise. Ooh, I, I, I sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. Please listen to me, church. As we are headed towards the end of the second decade of the 21st century, we sense a stirring within ourselves, an uneasiness that alerts us to the shifting winds of our time. I call it, like Rod Parsley did in his book, Divine disturbance. And it can only mean one thing. We're on the brink of a holy 
revelation. Revolution, I mean. We are at the brink of a holy revolution, a spiritual awakening destined to transform our world, the church, our families, and our lives. I believe that God is birthing a new kind of Christian today. Whether you 6, 16, 68, 18, 80 makes no difference. God is birthing a new kind of Christian. One who will be specifically equipped for these last days. A new brand of Christian filled with his divine brand of power, conviction, grace, and mercy, and not willing to settle for the normal, the usual, or the mediocre, but to get outside of the box and begin to believe God for the absolute impossible. I do believe that there is a remnant of people in every church who have prepared for this day. And they will not settle for less than the full revelation of the manifest power of God. People that have not given up to pray. People that have not given up to trust and believe. People that have not given up in declaring that greater things are going to happen. They would not settle for the mediocre, the normal, or the usual. They are believing God for the supernatural power to sweep over our churches and sweep over our families and sweep over our communities and would not believe that the power of God has diminished but instead that it has exponentially increased because of the growth of the body of Christ. I believe that there is a remnant that has never ceased to cry out to God with a hunger and passion. Spiritual giants who have never given in to the pressure of this world to sin and darkness. These people are, are not seeking to be politically correct. They are seeking to be divinely accepted. They are ready to manifest and reveal the Lord's glory as never before. They are possessed by an irresistible power. And that power is growing every time they lock themselves up in the presence of God. And when they come out there, they are changed even more than the previous time. Because they believe in the refreshing of the move of the Holy Spirit that's not stale and stagnant but is fresh and alive to change hearts and lives and do the miracles in the name of Jesus. As we approach this time of spiritual revolution we're going to have to realize that preparing for the challenge ahead 
is essential. We're going to have to accept the fact that if the church is going to be relevant in the days to come, we are going to have to begin to function on the level of the supernatural. There are some things we have to face, some things we have to admit, and there are some things we have to conquer. We have to admit that a conspiracy of demon spirits is wreaking havoc on our families, our finances, our communities, and the world. That same conspiracy of demon spirits is ravaging, ravaging our nation, the United States of America. And it's only going to be a revival, a great awakening that's going to change America and bring it back to the, to the mission that God has released within them. But the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, every time I see a rebellion, a riot, whenever I see an uproar, I don't see the negative. Instead, I say, the louder they are roaring in the streets and rebellion and, and setting buildings on fire and burning our flag and breaking into buildings, I shout out and I said, that is the last kick of the enemy. It's because the roar of the church is going to be greater and more powerful. That's all going to usher in a mighty move of God where the bars and saloons are going to be emptied and the glory of God is going to shine and people are going to line up to get into church because of the power of God. If you believe that, let me hear a loud shout of praise. I said there are some things that we have to face, some things we have to admit, and there are some things that we have to conquer. As we crisscross the nation, I have to tell you this morning that many churches are dying as pastors neglect to preach the confronting, convicting word of God. I know that's not true here at Calvary. I just need to say, ladies and gentlemen, passively or passively sitting in church is no longer an option. Just coming to be here to soothe our conscience, to warm a seat. That's no longer an option. Because we have God's power and God's orders to break every chain and loose every captive through the power of Jesus' name. If we call ourselves spirit-filled, 
We need to experience that power every time we get together, whether there are five, fifteen, fifty, five hundred, five thousand. It is time for us to come with expectation, knowing God is going to do something supernatural. We have to raise the standard of physical purity, moral integrity, and spiritual intensity. To live with a fiery passion for God once again, we must not only make Jesus the center of our lives, but also learn to experience supernatural victory over evil as we break through Satan's crafty obstacles into the realms of the Lord's glorious will and not move as losers, but rise up as conquerors because because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The church is not going under. The church is going over. The church is not dying. The church is alive. The church is not being snuffed out. It's becoming louder and larger. More people are getting saved around the world than at any season. And can I declare to you today that Christianity is still the fastest growing religion in the world. Don't believe when you tell, they tell you it's another religion. That's not true. It is still Christianity. Oh man, I've got to get back to my notes and I'm trying to stick to my notes because I'm going to preach for three hours if I don't. But let me just tell you real quickly, ladies and gentlemen, right now, can I, can I just say this to you? Woo! I'm so excited I can just jump off this platform right now. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved. Boy, I'll tell you what, any pastor will shout for joy to have 3,000 3, new people in one single day. And that, that was a miracle, 3,000 people one single day. But I can, can I tell you across Africa right now as we speak, right now in Africa, 3,000 people are getting saved every 25 minutes. Oh, you missed a good place to shout. Don't tell me the church is dying. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. 35,000 people are getting saved in China every week. Leonard Ravenhill said, The only reason why we don't have revival is because we have been satisfied to live without it. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Let let me just read it to you quickly again. The only reason why we don't have revival is because we have been satisfied to live without it. We're happy to go through the normal, the usual. We're not coming with expectation 
that God is do, going to do something supernatural. We just come to church to have church instead of being the church. We come to church Get here on time, hopefully. We leave on time, mostly. We sing the right songs. We preach the right messages. We hug people. We love on them. Shake their hands. We kiss the babies on the cheeks as they leave. But the question is, was God even there? And if he wasn't there, why did we waste our time coming? We have designed our own culture. And what we have designed has become the new normal. And the new normal that most churches have developed is a normal without the presence and the power and the glory of God. Oh, I've got to get back to my notes, but I'm, 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 I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that's where we are. We have bought into the new norm of just simply going through the motions, jumping through the hoops, doing our little religious exercises. But there is a constant absence of the presence of God. But Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Joshua 3 verse 5. I believe that in these days, ladies and gentlemen, God is planning to make us a wonder to the world for His glory. The prophet Isaiah declared, Behold, I am the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders. Isaiah 8, 18. I want to say to you that Jesus wanted the church to be a church filled with power, to move in miracles and signs and wonders. Can I just say to you that the church on the day of Pentecost was born with fire. It was born with power. That's why I say I was born in the fire and I cannot live in the smoke. But I want you to hear me when I say that the church was born with power, with miracles and signs and wonders. And when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back for a sick 
lame, lazy, dirty church. He's not coming back for a powerless church. He's coming back for a church that is filled with his dynamic power, moving in signs and wonders and miracles. The power was never meant to run out. It was meant to increase. I can declare unto you today the wind is still blowing. The fire is still burning. The river is still flowing. It's not a different river. It's not a different wind. It's not a different fire. It's a fire of the Holy Ghost. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and me. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Please, please sit down, please. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm convinced that we are going to reenact the book of Acts. It's amazing. As my wife Anne and I tra- travel and crisscross this nation for the longest time. My soul, my heart, my spirit was weeping. It seemed like there were more churches dying than that there were churches that were alive. Now, revival is breaking loose in several places across America. And I want to say to you, God has chosen some churches because of their hunger, not because he's being selective. Because God is looking for a church that is hungry enough that will prop open the door and invite him to come in. The only problem is so many churches are afraid to prop open the door because they're afraid if they allow him to come in, he is going to mess up their agenda. And they don't want their agenda to be messed up. My cry is God, let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow over your church and blow our man-made agendas out the window and let the Shekinah glory of God come down. Let people get saved and delivered and set free. Let blind eyes open, deaf ears hear, wheelchairs empty. Let the crutches begin to fly through the air. God, God, sew up in your splendor. Yeah, it's not going to happen to everyone in every church, but it's going to come. 
And this morning after I've made this declaration that you're on the brink of a breakthrough, I want to say if it's going to happen, it might as well be us. It might as well be here. It might as well be now. Oh, man. I, I, I'm going to count to three. I want you to just in the count of three. I'm not through preaching yet. But I'm going to count to three. I, I don't know where I, I, oh, I see the time way up there. I'm going to have to close. But, but let me say at the count of three, I want you to throw your hands up in the air and shout as loud as you can. Shout your praises to God. One, two, three. <laughs> sense a nudging of the Holy Spirit I've got it, there's nudging tell me stop right there not only because I see the clock but I believe this is the point I have two more pages of notes that's why I said I can preach for you for three hours I'm not going to do that I believe this is the dividing point right here we are at a tipping point right here if it's going to be why not us why not here this is what's resounding in my spirit why not now thank you for listening to today's podcast you can connect with us live each wednesday and sunday through our social media pages if today's message has blessed you please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of christ find out more about calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org